It's time for episode 515 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we get sagacious about chronometers. My name is Dan Moore, and I'm joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my co-host, my dungeon buddy, because we play Dungeons & Dragons on the internet together. It is the one, the only, the fantastic Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? Oh, I'm doing well, Dan. Thanks for that wonderful intro. I appreciate it. I'm trying to add more adjectives. Every week, I'm going to add another adjective. Oh, no. Pretty soon, that will be the entire show. (laughs) Exactly. We won't be able to do anything else. Well, what we can do, because we have the time for it, is introduce our two fantastic guests this week. To my left, it is the podcasting creative director who is currently situated in the location for the Grand International World Flounder Tramping Championships. That is a mouthful. It is Christopher Finn. Welcome back, Chris. Hello. It's very true. I am... I uh, sorry, I'm I'm just I'm floundering to be honest. Um, <laughs> while I process that, I will introduce the person to my left. It is the executive director of Rebellion Pack, as well as I hope still the number two Princess Peach speedrunner of the world. It's Brianna Wu. Welcome back, Bri. Thank you. I like to be called Peach. You can just call me that. Oh, just Peach? <laughs> the same okay. person, basically. Peachy. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I will like, be floating over any topics this week, and then now. I'm going to hit uh, Dan Warren with the vegetable. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I am probably the most geographically proximate, so that seems likely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let me kick things off here. Apple has finally added a discovery station to Apple Music. I'm curious if this will change how you find new music. Um, what, if not, what is the way you find music currently or discover new music? And for Apple's position in the streaming music market, is this too little too late? Chris, let's start with you. I confess that this one of the great things about doing clockwise is it forces you to actually take notice of what's happening in the tech world. Uh, I had seen people talking about the discovery station, but I hadn't actually tried it. So I have now for you and I liked it. I often don't know who is singing music that I'm listening to because I I do lean heavily on playlists created by other people. In this case, an AI has created this playlist for me. And actually, I chucked it on today. First couple of tracks were from bands I knew. I suspect that's intentional to lull me into a full sense of security. (laughs) It it threw up some tracks. I was like, you know, know, white guy nodding along to. I'm here for it, man. I don't know if it's going to change how I find new music. Uh... I tend to find new music through unintentional means. And so actually listening to a discovery playlist in the past has just left me feeling uh, sad and empty. So (laughs) I don't trust Apple Music's discovery algorithm up to this point. And because of that, I'm kind of um, worried about doing it and just being disappointed again. So uh, Brie, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I don't like the kind of music most people like. I really, really, really love EDM and hip hop, and I don't like anything else. And I like Apple Music. It's generally okay, but their dance music on there is just I, I don't know if I can say the word I want to say. Can I say ass on here? It's ass. It's <laughs> so, terrible. Yeah. It's it's not good. Um, they have the most generic stuff. The thing with EDM is it's so cheap to license this 
garbage that somebody uh, like made on their synthesizer, right? But to go over to Beatport and get the really, really good stuff, like what David Morales is doing nowadays, you know, he went out there and he got a vocalist and he's actually like a producer, right? <laughs> so it's not just made on a laptop. It was a result of that. Like he, he charges a good bit for it. And in my experience, Apple is just not interested in going and licensing like the more obscure, interesting things going on. So um, I hate Apple music when it comes to dance music. Um, it, it's really good at like video game soundtracks. So you know, just in my past experience with how bad it is at the, you know, like create a lookalike station, I have no faith whatsoever. This is going to be solid. Um, I would love to be proven wrong, but uh, I just I find the YouTube uh, music algorithm to be much better at figuring this out for me. I listen to a lot of soundtracks and I yes. will say Apple Music Boy, uh, when I turned on the Discovery Station, it gave me a decent number of soundtracks mixed into it. Like the selection was not bad in terms of like clearly it had looked at my library and looked at the stuff that I listened to and sort of isolated the right sort of genres. But I will say that popping up random tracks from from music like movie scores <laughs> is a very weird way to experience that and not the way I necessarily would have gone uh, to me that feels a little dumb in terms of like the traditional AI algorithm being like oh you like this more of this um, and that's not really the way I want to experience that nor what like so I don't listen to just soundtracks willy-nilly like you know they're associated with movies I've seen and liked or particular composers I've seen and liked I thought it was very interesting interesting and it kind of isolated the ideas i had like like kind of was like found my tastes but just didn't quite do a good job of finding stuff that i was actually going to be like yeah i want to keep listening to this so um i'm glad they have it as a feature now i think it is certainly something that was missing before but still seems like it needs a bit of work all right thanks for your answers to that let's go to our second topic which comes from chris so how do you, I'm going to use the phrase take notes, but what I really mean is think out loud. Like if you're trying to work through a problem, and I suspect that not everybody listening to this and possibly not even all the panel will work in this way. But when I'm sort of trying to sort of worry a problem and like figure out how to do something creative, I'll very often be sketching ideas out and sort of moving them around. And so I wonder what bits of technology, and remember, the fountain pen is a piece of technology, but what bits of technology do you use to work out those problems uh, as you're going through them? Um, so the fountain pen, yes, is indeed a piece of technology. Um, if I'm doing something physical, if I'm working on uh, like a, a carpentry problem or a plumbing problem or something uh, like handy wise, I will use pencil or pen and paper. Um, I'll get out the rulers if I need to. I'll do whatever it takes. Uh, but it tends to be a very physical process. Um, when it comes to other kinds of problems. It is just whatever tool is at my disposal at the time. I don't have like a go-to system at all. Um, I like to get a little starry-eyed at times and think that I need to have, you know, a special uh, app with a, with the, the, the pencil and uh, doing all of this special stuff. But I just I just go for whatever tools right there. So it could be the notes app. It could be, um, I mean, honestly, anything, uh, depending on what I am doing. So yeah, I guess the, the biggest bit of, uh, consistent technology, typically it's the little squared, like graph paper, uh, kind of system, uh, with, with a pencil or a pen. Brie, what about you? 
I have just enough software engineer in me uh, still, even though my day job is politics nowadays, that I am very much a flowchart and uh, like systemic problem thinker. So like I'm working on a really big uh, project right now for uh, the 2024 election, right? So the very first thing I do is open up OmniGraffle, you know, rough draw it out and then uh, pass it around. Um, So I'm very much with you that I need to like, if I don't write it down, I'm just not going to have memory recall. It like helps me think through the problem. It's the exact same thing when I'm in meetings, by the way. Um, I sit there and I carry a, um, you know, traditional notebook with me. I take meetings. I don't think I've I, like maybe once in blue moon, do I actually go back and look at those notes unless it's like an email address or a phone number. It's just the act of like transcribing as I'm sitting there. It helps me think through things. And I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I often have tried to like use note-taking apps and spend more time with the Apple Pencil. I have one, um, but something about it still being constrained to the canvas of the iPad, I always find a little just does not work with my brain. So I do often turn back to something on paper um, when I'm trying to like sketch out something that's very brainstormy or um i've even like drawn little not exactly storyboards but like when i'm working on a scene in a book or something and i need to like figure out okay where is this like geographically like where is everybody in this scene you know it's a lot quicker and easier for me to sketch something on paper than it is to do it uh with my my apple pencil even um i will say uh i do a, a lot of puzzle solving uh and compete in some puzzle solving events and I have found in general my experience there to be pen and paper is often a lot faster. Um, it's not always great. It's good for collaboration, especially if you're doing stuff remotely. But it is really good for like speedy, like note taking for like really abstract, like, oh, I want to jot in this corner here and then right down here and then right up here. Um, but my other tool for that is spreadsheets. Anything I can put in a spreadsheet, I will put in a spreadsheet. Uh, like <laughs> financial stuff, puzzle tables, like uh, plot points if I can. So anything I can fit into a spreadsheet works real great. And then I will say the other tool that has surprisingly been handy at a couple of points uh, in the past for me has been Keynote, weirdly enough. And I think that's because Keynote has really great tools for like creating shapes and manipulating those shapes and getting everything lined up. And as somebody who is like can get very anal about like precisely aligning like where on a page something is, Keynote is really good about that. So I, I have found that to be a handy sort of um, brainstorming like blank canvas app at times for coming up with ideas. But yeah, I, I'm kind of all over the place. Sorry, I don't have a great answer. <laughs> Chris, why don't you wrap us up? Uh, the genesis for this question was I've just ordered a Remarkable 2 and in fact I'm not at home right now and it, it is it arrived <laughs> while I'm away and it's killing me um, because there's just so many dozens of times throughout a day where I go I, I want to be using my tablet for this it's not the act of referring to these notes necessarily and so like the fact that you can convert them into handwriting and email them or whatever doesn't really interest me it's the kinetic memory thing of the physical act of writing something down or moving things around or trying to work out proportions of ideas or times or something but like the pencil and paper just works so well for me and the idea of being able to do that digitally with like infinite pages small slim device something that i take with me everywhere plus i just have a deep 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 love for e-ink as a technology i think it is both fascinating and beautiful so on thursday when i arrive home at about eight o'clock at night i'm going to rip that thing open and i'm just going to really enjoy it because for me the there is almost nothing better than paper and pencil when it comes to 
trying to think my mind externally and let's find out if a remarkable two or something like it is in fact better all right, that's two topics down, two topics ago, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise, and this week's episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. All right, confession time. Raise your hand if you've caught yourself listening to so-called health experts on social media. Like Maybe they said something about your morning drink, and you find yourself wondering if it is related to your symptoms. Meanwhile, when was the last time you went to an actual good doctor? If you have to think about it, it's probably time to head to ZocDoc. There are thousands of top-rated doctors on ZocDoc. They're all listed with verified patient reviews, so you can find and book a doctor who not only has years of experience and an actual medical degree, but also someone who gets you. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. These docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients, not bots, and the average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 48 hours. That's it. You can even get same-day appointments. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately with just a few app taps, so no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. As someone who hates waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist, I can see why there is a lot of advantage to ZocDoc. Um, and more often than not, you have a problem that you want to see taken care of right now. I mean, you don't want something that you have to like wait and book your appointment. It's going to take a couple of weeks, and who knows if it's even going to be bothering you by that point. So uh, anybody with sort of that flexible, immediate schedule, I think ZocDoc could be a huge boon to them. Plus, you know, it's hard. It's hard to find a a doctor that you really connect with. You have to do a lot of cold calling or interviewing, and there just isn't a great resource for being able to find a doctor that you're actually going to get along with. And that's really important if it's someone whose advice you're actually going to heed. So ZocDoc is a great opportunity for you to find someone you're actually going to listen to. Go to ZocDoc.com slash clockwise and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com slash clockwise. Once again, the most fun URL to say in podcasting, ZocDoc.com slash clockwise. <laughs> Our thanks to ZocDoc for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right. Halftime is over. Micah, what is your topic? Yeah, we there was a little brief uh, mention of this earlier. My question is, do you use your voice to command any of the personal assistants, you know, Siri, Alexa, or Google? Uh, in what contexts or uses are you using your voice to command them? And if you do or don't, uh, I'm curious why or why not. Brianna, we'll start with you. All the time. I, I absolutely love Siri uh, to transcribe stuff. I do it just constantly. I just, I absolutely love it. I have HomePod in every room in my house. I use dictation uh, constantly. Um, and, you know, in addition, like um, when I'm driving, like, uh, you know, I have my phone plugged in and I respond to emails, messages, WhatsApp stuff from, you know, my own show, Rocket. All that stuff just constantly. So I, I love this feature. I wish it was baked into more stuff uh, with Apple. And I wish it worked better because just being honest, uh, Apple and series transcription is the worst in the industry if you compare it to uh, you know what Google is capable of. I'm just not willing to make that you know, sacrifice with privacy personally. Yeah, I also use Siri a lot. Uh, we have a HomePod mini in our kitchen, and that gets a ton of use as a device for setting timers while we're cooking or playing internet radio or other music or airplaying as a podcast, all sorts of things. So I find it really indispensable. Um, I also use it on my phone, but less occasionally. Um, Bree's point about driving, uh, I have uh, CarPlay in my car, and there's a button on my steering wheel that can trigger 
uh, Siri when it's hooked up to CarPlay. And that's great. I find myself using that a lot to like play certain songs or get directions or whatever. And I think it's really handy. Um, I also, one other place I, I use it a decent amount, my watch, my Apple Watch. I actually find it really useful on the Apple Watch because it's a way to... Oftentimes, it's got that raise to speak thing, and because that doesn't require using the wake word, there's any there's like no chance that it gets mistaken by some other device that wants to respond to it. So that's really handy when I want to just sort of like, oh, I've got this quick command I need to issue. I just raise my watch and I speak a little command there. So uh, I use it for tons of stuff, um, responding to texts and um, I don't know, getting all sorts of information. It's great, but I'm 100% with Brie that I wish it worked better, both in terms of just the recognition uh, and understanding, as well as just reliability. A lot of times it kind of flakes out. Um, You get those like, oh, wait, hold on. I'm working on this. And it's like, okay, I know this is going to die. Just let me let me get back to where I was. Um, and in terms of being able to surface information, I think Apple's trying to improve that with some of the standby stuff they showed off in iOS 17 in terms of what gets displayed on screen or what can get read back to you instead of stuff where it tries to push you to the web. But I think it could do even better in that regard. And that would make it so much more useful. Chris, what about you? Yeah, I use it quite a lot as well. Timers is a really key one, obviously. I like that I can be quite lazy with it. So (laughs) our TV in the living room takes quite a while to boot up. And so I'll quite often, if I'm sort of walking through to go and like make some coffee or something, I'll say to Siri to turn the TV in the living room on. But the number one thing I use it for actually is lights. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'll issue the good night command to Siri, which will, you know, set my daughter's room night light to a certain level, turn everything off. That sort of stuff is really super, super useful. And again, just being able to sort of bark commands at HomePod or I actually quite often use the, I don't, I have the H-E-Y-S-I-R-I command turned off on my phone, but being able to just pull my phone up and then just hold the side button down and just issue a command that way out of my pocket is a really good way to do it. Because like Dan was saying, sometimes when you're issuing a command, I've got my watch, I've got the HomePod, I would have had the phone if I hadn't got it turned off, the iPad. And you're like, which one's going to pick up this command and how well is it going to pick it up? Apple does some stuff there to make it better, but it's still a bit ropey. So just that very distinct, I'm pulling my phone out now and I'm going to sort of walkie-talkie style, just talk into it to make it do something, I find really useful. But timers, lights a bit of text dictation stuff. It's really, really good. And I use it lightly enough that I don't really run up against its problems, its limitations. Uh, Interesting, interesting. You know, it's a uh, wrong me once, shame on you. (laughs) Wrong me twice, shame on you. Wrong me thrice, shame on me. Wrong me four times. And why am I still using you? Um, I just got got wronged way too many times, I think, by Siri. And so I just don't have the patience for it anymore. Um, I do also, like Brie, use the dictation stuff plenty. But as far as issuing commands, I just have never gone back because I have uh, sort of you know, say you break a bone and the whenever it, it, it heals, it's supposed to be stronger. That first time, it's supposed to be stronger than it was before it was broken. And so when uh, Siri broke my proverbial bone, um, I built back a stronger method that is much more convenient for me where I just have uh, different widgets that I can easily tap to do the different things that I want, uh, would want it to do. And so because I have those and they're great, 
I don't want to risk breaking that bone again because it's it's strong and it's good to go. Um, everybody, you can ponder that odd metaphor while we move on to our next topic, which comes from Brianna. It really seems like as Apple has gotten more and more popular, that the uh, capabilities of the Genius Bar and, and just their quality control has has dropped off a cliff. I recently dropped my iPhone. I've got Apple Care Plus on it. It uh, you know cracked the back glass. Not a big deal. Usually a one day repair. Uh, the one day repair because Apple didn't keep this in stock turned into a week long repair, and then because they couldn't hit that deadline either, it turned into a several week repair. And then because I'm traveling, I'm trying to get it like mailed to me while I'm on the road, and not even Apple themselves with the tier two technician could get in touch with my local Apple store because they just don't answer the phone at all, ever. And, you know, this is really what I've grown to expect from Apple and the Genius Bar. So I just wanted to ask the rest of the panel, does this line up with your experiences? Is this just my Apple store locally being really bad? What were kind of the thoughts on, on where Apple support is these days? The Apple of now compared to the Apple of a decade or 15 years ago is just, there's just so many more customers with so many more devices, right? Like back, you know, in the mid 2000s, you had a Mac and maybe an iPod uh, and that was about it. Um, And now you might have an iPhone and AirPods and an Apple Watch, right? Like, so there's a ton of stuff and each person has multiple devices a lot of times. So volume is tough, right? Because like, how do you support all that stuff? And I remember, I mean, my favorite story about uh, going to the Apple store was in the very early days uh, when the one near me had opened, I needed a, a dongle. In that day, it was a S video to composite video like RCA cable, video cable for my PowerBook T3. And I remember going in and asking if they sold any of them. They're like, ah, you know, we don't make them anymore because that's an older model. And the guy's like, well, hold on a second. He comes in, walks into the back and he comes out and he's like, here. And he just hands me the dongle. I was like, I'm like, okay, how much? He's like, no, just take it. (laughs) I was like, okay, cool. Thanks, man. (laughs) Um, And I thought that was like, the customer service like blew my mind. Like when's the last time somebody in a store just gave you something for a support issue? Uh, And I've had good experiences with them in the past, but I do think it's just gotten increasingly hard um, for them and for us to be able to like, you know, get the experience we want. So I would like to Apple to see uh, if they can, you know, work on that a bit. I think they pride themselves on it. And I do think the experience on the ground is not as good as perhaps their metrics may like lead them to believe um so yeah uh but i do agree brie with your overall assessment chris what about you i don't have a data point here and it's because i haven't used the genius bar or actually the city i live in doesn't even have an apple store so it's a, a apple authorized service provider but uh, so basically the reason i don't really use it anymore is because I, I can't be arsed it, it feels like i'm already having the conversation in my head with the support person where i know there's going to go oh just reinstall the os or no we can't help you with that or as you said dan yeah that'll be 300 pounds please to effectively give you a new thing and I just, I can't, I haven't got the fight in me anymore <laughs> to try to make, like, you know, that process of going through the CS script can be so demoralizing, especially for folks who kind of know what they're doing. A little knowledge is a dangerous thing, but I can't bring myself to go into an Apple store for most support issues these days, just because um, it's a, it's a challenge. 
it's weird because uh, I've had mixed uh, experiences uh, in terms of, of my time, you know, using using the Genius Bar. I can remember when I first moved uh, to California for work in 2019, my MacBook Pro, a Retina Mac, uh, ended up swelling. The battery swelled. And uh, so I, I took it in and uh, they did a very, it was great. It was, it was exactly what I needed. Uh, the people didn't seem like they, they actually did seem like they knew everything that was going on. Um, but then I had a problem with uh, the air tags and that was the most difficult support experience I've ever had of anything ever. Um, I had to talk to so many different people, had to basically uh, drop a bunch of deeper knowledge words. It almost sounds like I was doing incantations or something um, to show the people that I knew what I was talking about and that I needed to kind of move up the chain a little bit. And it ended up that they uh, at the end of this like multi hour, multi day process of giving all this information over to them that they needed, they ended up uh, essentially being like, uh, it's 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 a problem that's caused by this and there's nothing we can do about it. And then lo and behold, when the next version of of iOS came out, then it was magically corrected. And so I just thought I was it, it was a long story, but essentially I thought that I would never be able to use AirTags because of the issue that I was experiencing with uh, kind of the, the network side of AirTags um, not connecting properly. And then I have had other experiences, a little bit like Dan uh, back back in the day, where it was a simple thing of, oh, here's just another one, or here, just take this, or here's uh, that. And so it kind of goes back and forth. But I think ultimately, what I've seen uh, that I think you know Bree has dealt with is that that problem where you are you're getting enough people to answer the problems of so many people, but in doing so, they just don't have the level of training that they once did and the level of knowledge that they once did. And so it's a very frustrating experience for those of us who solve most of our problems on our own, but in certain instances actually need the help of, of you know, Apple mm-hmm. itself. And then we go and it's just this whole process that takes way too long or in some cases results in us not getting our devices back when we need them. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, so Bree, yes, round us out, please. No, I, I think all of that's really dead on. And I just think it's worth adding. You know, Apple is one of the most um, you know, profitable and valuable companies on in, in the world, right? If you're getting your iPhone repaired, they're not doing you a favor if you've got Apple Care Plus. Like, you know, you spend about you know, twelve to fifteen hundred dollars on a phone and you got a three hundred dollar insurance plan on it, right? They're fulfilling an insurance plan on it. That's a good and, point. You know, something like the the back glass of my phone that doesn't cost three hundred dollars to do. They've got the the machine to you know open it up right there in store. There, there's no reason for them not to be investing more in customer service at at the point, right? It, it's a universal problem, and you know Apple doesn't need like one percent profitability more than they need to treat the customers right. You know, like we, all of us, I would suspect, have way too many Apple devices in our home. We've been very loyal to them. I I just think they really need to step this up because it is, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not surprised if they don't care if 
about me if I go into their store. But if Apple themselves cannot contact uh, Apple Legacy Place in Dedham, you know, a senior technician to to reach an eminently reasonable request, like that's that really signals like they're failing in some fundamental way, in my view. All right, that's four topics down. We got just enough time for a bonus topic. Before we get there, let me remind you, you can buy a fancy new clockwise shirt in your choice of colors and sizes from our friends over at Cotton Bureau. Just go to clockwise.social slash shirt and kit yourself up in the latest clockwise merch. All right, bonus topic time. You are traveling long distance. Really quick, do you prefer car, plane, train, boat, hang glider, blimp? What, What was your favorite method of transportation? Chris? Rail for me every single time. Like commuter trains in the UK can be quite grim things, but cross-country rail, especially if you're fortunate enough to get a decent seat, is joyful. And in fact, I quite often travel from Scotland where I live to London on business and I use the sleeper train that leaves from Dundee where I live at about 11 o'clock at night, gets into London, and I'm there in time for nine o'clock meetings. And that is the correct way to travel. If people in livery, they greet you by name. That's how to do it, I think. Uh, for me, if it will take me less than a day to travel by car, I choose car. If it would take me more than a day to travel by car, I choose plane. Bree, what about you? Come on. I got, I love Porsches. Of course, I'm going to do a car trip. Come on, y'all. That's the whole joy. Every single chance I get driving that, love a good road trip. Uh, you know, in a car with a manual gearbox, it's engaging. It's fun. Hell yeah. I wish there were more options for rail travel in the U.S. that were reliable because I also love that. Hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 per month or $50 a year. You help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we talk about app organization. And with that, we have reached the end of the show. And all that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests this week. Christopher Finn, thank you so much for being here. That was a pleasure. And Brianna Wu, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, please bail me out of jail after I show up at Dan Warren's house with the vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, unless it's a good one, I'll just cook it then. Uh, <laughs> Micah, we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Or the vegetable coming at your head. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye.